Welcome to another edition of our Ag Perspectives podcast, and today our special guest is the Executive Vice President of the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association, Michael Kelsey. Caught up with him uh, on Friday in uh, in Orlando, CattleCon 24, 7,000, about 7,500 cattle producers from all across the country at this particular meeting. Been an exciting time to uh, see all these cattle producers together. The trade show's been dynamic. Good group of, uh, of Oklahoma representatives uh, as well. And uh, we get into all of that today with Michael. Uh, this has been powered, all of our coverage has been powered uh, this week from CattleCon 24 by Farm Data Services of Stillwater. And we're back with Michael Kelsey in just a moment. While many tools for managing risk exist for livestock producers today, Livestock Risk Protection, or LRP, may be a valuable option for you, no matter how large or small the operation. Clay Bertram at Farm Data Services tells us more. It's a risk management tool for large producers, small producers, the small cow-calf guy. Um, It's eligible for anybody that wants to have a floor and buy insurance on their cattle. Give Farm Data Services a call today at 800-579-8164. They are an equal opportunity provider. In Orlando, we've got the sunshine outside, and inside I've got Michael Kelsey, Executive VP, Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association, with us. Michael, we're kind of getting toward the, uh, kind of rounding the, uh, yeah. the the final turn and heading toward the finish line of uh, CattleCon 2024. Uh, Oklahoma did pretty well as far as some of our folks that were looking for some uh, opportunities to serve at the national level. Yes, uh, we're very blessed in Oklahoma to have a great deal of leaders. Uh, of course, it kind of starts this year. Jimmy Taylor's kind of retiring as the uh, chair of the CBB and just has done a great job. But right in coming in behind him is Cheryl DeVise, Dr. DeVise, as, as the nominee for the secretary-treasurer position. So, uh, And then we've got three of the 20 uh, operating committee members, 20 total operating members. Three of them are from Oklahoma, one on the Federation side with Chuck Coffey, and then, uh, of course, with uh, Dr. DeVise being the secretary-treasurer, she's an automatic on there, and then Jason Hitch, uh, our own Jason Hitch on the CBB side. So, uh, and, and there's scatterings of, of other leaders throughout, and, and it's just we're, we're just really blessed in the state of Oklahoma that we have folks who are leaders and they want to engage on the national level, representing Oklahoma, but also representing on the national level the, the uh, national beef industry, whether it be federation or policy, either one. Let's talk about some policy stuff. Uh, top of mind, something we, we talked about before the meeting was traceability, uh, trying to come up with a way to get uh, the electronic ID uh, on, on these cattle. And, and I know USDA is looking at that, and yep. NCBA weighs in on that too. Yeah, this, this has been the lightning rod issue of, uh, of the last two weeks. There's no question about that. And probably appropriately so, because this is a very important issue. Uh, it's very emotional as well, but it's also very important that we get this right. And so uh, there was a, an initial, and, and this is the process for a minute, the process for NCBA policy is, is is proposals are submitted ahead of time, up to several weeks ahead of time, right up until the beginning of the committee, mem- uh, committee meeting uh, as well. But several weeks ahead of time, there was a proposed policy regarding ADT to modify current policy. And I think that, honestly, Ron, got lost in the weeds a little bit. Uh, NCBA's had policy on animal disease traceability for 20 years. Uh, OCA, we've had policy on animal disease traceability for a long, long time, ever since, actually before I became, and I've, I've been here almost 11 years with OCA. So this isn't an issue that we're just getting into now. We've been working on this a long time. That proposed policy did go extremely far to bring all cattle by 2024 in one case, the, the breeding cattle over 18 months, and by 2026, 
uh, for uh, feeder cattle and, and, and uh, stockers and so forth. That was a proposal. Uh, typical of those types of things we get here and, and lots of modification amendments, lots of hallway discussion leading up to the committee and then of course even in the committee itself. And so the final result is a, is a really good piece of policy in our opinion. It matches OCA policy very well. Takes out all the feeder cattle. We're not going to talk about feeder cattle, yearling cattle, uh, any of those type of cattle right now under this policy. Stif- specifically going to target in on those 18 a month and older uh, sexually intact, that uh, takes out the steers, obviously, cattle uh, that uh, cross state lines, exhibition cattle, dairy cattle, and so forth, move those cattle to electronic IDs. I think it's important for Oklahoma listeners to understand that in Oklahoma, Dr. Rod Hall, who's our state veterinarian, has just done a yeoman's job of helping us get ready for this. USDA has been pushing for this for quite some time. And, and he's been helping uh, get us there with a, a bank of ident- identification tags, electronic ID tags, uh, that are accessible to producers many times, in fact, most times, free of charge. Uh, and so uh, he's just done a great job there. So we've actually, in Oklahoma, already started moving towards this. That was the policy that finally, finally wound up being adopted, and we'll go before the board of directors here a little bit later. But... I think it's a great example, Ron, of the discussion process, the debate process that NCBA has with grassroots. Uh, All the states have an opportunity to come and voice their opinion, voice their policy. We certainly carried our policy uh, and uh, and moved the the final result closer to our policy. That's what our members expect to do. Uh, But that's part of the process. And and I think it, it, it showed that it absolutely works. You know, there's a lot of emotion. You mentioned emotion. Why so much emotion over going to electronic tax? That's a great question, and I think there's some there's some reasonableness to the emotion uh, in one case. For instance, our policy is very clear that the data that these tags will generate must be secure. I mean, there, there's just no question. It must be secure. It needs to be in private hands. Just don't trust the government. We just don't. I mean, let's just, let's just be real honest about it. And and to, to house that data in government hands is just unacceptable. And so I think there's some some of that is just there's some emotional resistance to that, and, and that's probably appropriate. And uh, then there's just some sometimes folks just get wound up and get the wrong information uh, in, in terms of it. I had a call uh, earlier from a person who said, uh, what's this new federal law? No, 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 what, uh, this proposed federal, it's not a proposed federal law, it's a proposed policy for an organization. Big, huge difference. So a lot of times we get misinformation and we get wrapped around the axle and we, and again, appropriately so, if that's how you understand it, I get it. But sometimes it's best just to take a breath and go, hey, let me call somebody who, and, then, and the, this person did in that case, called me and said, hey, what is this I'm hearing about? I shared with them, they're like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Thank you for the, for the information. We can move along. So it, it, you know, we're, we're emotional folks and that's okay. That's okay. Unless, until it gets us wrapped up and, and fighting each other. That's just not what we need to do. Cause there's so few of us. We, we can work through this. There's a lot of sharp minds, a lot of sharp people, uh, that can help us work through this in, in terms of in our own industry and, and move forward positively. I mean, the black helicopter has been flying since after the BSE case where we started talking seriously about needing that uh, animal disease trace back. It it really has. And and in some cases, we've been guilty of trying to pilot that helicopter a time or two. (laughs) 
and you know, and and we really just need to step back and go, okay, what what are we doing here? What what what's the goal here? It was interesting, Ron, as I talked to a lot of folks who were adamantly opposed to electronic identification, and then even some mem- uh, quite a few members who are, are for it. The concerns such as the privacy of the data, the uh, speed of commerce, the cost, both groups share those concerns absolutely on the same page as far as those concerns. One takes those and goes, I'm against it. One takes those and says, we need it, but we need to mitigate these types of things. So two different approaches. We really need to work together to mitigate those because we agree that those three things are the challenge or, and, and many more but th- we agree on at least those three things let's work together to figure that out as we move forward because hey this is this is I, and I hate saying this I just hate it but it's coming it is it I, th- I think it's a reality and we need to drive it our industry needs to drive it and not let the bureaucrats in Washington drive it or it sure won't be something we like Got to move past the uh, big chief tablet and the pencil. We, we really do. I mean, it, it, it has worked for years, but we don't move cattle like that anymore. And we move them quicker. And, and they commingle a lot more. And they're, they're, it's, you know, it's just not my granddad's beef industry anymore. I'd love for it to be. I really would. But it's not. It's a business. And it's a livelihood. And it's an honor to be in this business. But we have to approach it that way and, and shape our business or someone will shape it for us and we won't like that. So let's be, let, let's drive this. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. Okay. That's one policy. Yeah, there, there, there are a couple others as well yes. that I knew you were watching pretty closely. Yeah, yeah there's several others. So uh, all the different committees, there's about seven different policy committees that meet. We, we were very concerned in watching some of the LRP. There were some proposals regarding LRP. LRP has been so beneficial to many in Oklahoma as well as across the country. And so there were some tweaks from some of our northern friends regarding the amount of the contract or the size of the contracts and so forth, putting some caps on some of those types of things. We were very concerned about some of that uh, and, and understand their perspective, but uh, we watched us, some of those didn't even get adopted. They came up in committee, uh, were rescinded or pulled or voted down. or Again, that's just part of the process. And so uh, we watched that there was a, a piece regarding LIP, which is, a, of course, it is more of a disaster program. Uh, so watching that very closely. So again, just a prime example of all the different moving parts and pieces, probably should mention, I need to mention, tax policy. Tax and credit is maybe the most underrated committee we have here. You can get in there and take a really good nap if you're not careful. <laughs> but it is so important. I mean, it is so important. And uh, the Trump tax cuts are due to expire next year. And a big one that's a part of that that will drastically impact our industry is the estate tax. And so working on preparing for that, getting some information so we can go to Congress and see about getting that moved. The reality of eliminating the estate tax is just not very real. Uh, We'd all love to do that. But I just don't think it's possible given the climate. And so we've got to move through things like stepped-up basis and hold on to those important pieces, the, the level, the exemption, all those types of things. Uh, very, very important that we come together on those. And we had some good discussion on those issues. Overall, feel uh, pretty good about you know where, where the industry is right now at this national level? I think so. I think we're in a good spot. We've got good leadership uh, overall. Our, uh, all our OCA leadership, uh, all three of our officers and several of our exec committee members were here actively participating um, on a national basis. Uh, Mark Eisel from Wyoming is going to do a great job. Buck Werbein in Nebraska is the president-elect. He, he's going to do a great job. Gene Copenhaver is from Virginia. Good, good guy. All friends of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, we, we get along with them 
real well. So I think uh, we're in a good spot. We've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And uh, we're, we're in, uh, look forward to engaging in that on the national level. Of course, as we start, uh, forgive me for saying this, Ron, but as we start our own legislative session next week, here we go. Uh, so we're looking forward to engaging there at home as well. I think the lawmakers will show up. I think they will. I think they will. Senate too. Yeah. That's, and the Senate too, yeah. Special <laughs> session didn't go anywhere. And and quite frankly, we're, we appreciate that because we don't like the discussion on the income tax, the state income tax, because that means puts pressure on ad valorem. And so uh, we kind of appreciated the special session kind of fizzled out. Make no bones about it. Income tax reduction is one of the key issues that the Senate and House will be addressing this session, and we'll be working on it. Well, we're, what, 70 uh, I votes on a reduction in the House. That's right, 70 I votes, and I get it. I totally get it. And there's, uh, I, I, I have those bills pulled, but I think there's 20 to 30 bills that address the income tax in some form or fashion in the regular session. So, again, it is, there's no question, both the Speaker and the Pro Tem, of course, we know the Governor, has made it a priority issue, and they will deal with it. And uh, we'll be working uh, to uh, protect the uh, the ad valorem piece of that, which affects our P, our our folks so uh, heavily. And at what one at the extreme? There was a bill or two over on the Senate side to phase it out altogether, as far as income tax for for individuals. That's correct. And and there's several of those. I don't think those are going to go anywhere because right now that puts too much of a hole in the budget as a whole. But I've I've described it this way. It's kind of death by paper cut. Uh, if we cut it by a quarter percent here or a third of a percent or a half a percent and we don't put some type of trigger, me- trigger mechanism or sunset clause to let it go back up in times of need, then we'll die by paper cut. Over time, we'll just eventually reduce it to zero and we'll replace it with other income. Our concern is, is ad valorem will be too much of a target. Uh, to, to replace that. Thank you, Michael. A little bit of bonus there as we talk with Michael about uh, what's going on with income tax uh, battles uh, at the state capitol, uh, both uh, this week as well as into the new week as we get the regular session underway. Of course, uh, here in Orlando, lots of things that we've been able to talk about as well have happened this week within the cattle industry. On the Oklahoma Farm Report, I'm Ron Hayes.